Well, man, it is a little different Easter, um, to say the least. I'm looking out right now. We have the minimal band. We've got a couple of media people, and there's times where I wonder, man, am I good at my job because no one is here? Uh, If you could go back in time to New Year's Eve 2019 and tell yourself, man, I got to tell you a story. 2020 is going to be insane. Like, I I don't think I would have believed me. If I would have gone, hey, look, it's going to look like World War III is going to break out in early year. Um, there's going to be some crazy weather. Um, oh, uh, oh, let's, let's think of some other things. Uh, there's a zoo in Oklahoma. It's absolutely crazy. Brooms are going to stand up by themselves. That's going to be a big thing. Oh, and the entire country is going to get grounded for like two months um, and have to stay in our room. And I, I don't think I would have believed. I'd be like, what, what are you on, me? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, this just looks different. And so let's, let's accept that a little bit today. It looks different from a standpoint of, you know, a lot of us, you know, you go out and you get dressed up on Easter and you, you have those family photos. And some of you may have done that. You, you may actually be dressed up right now in your house, and that's awesome. And, and some of you, you, you took a shower this morning. And so that's, that's a good thing. Like, you're really prepped for Easter because it's just not happened in a few days. Uh, we, our clothes are different. Like, our, our meals look a little different today. Like, we're, we're not traveling as much. We're not getting to see some of those people or inviting people into our homes to enjoy a good meal, which, which we talked about even on, on uh, Thursday night, just the importance of that. That's changed. One good thing, there's way less pictures of children with a sketchy bunny uh, from the mall. And if you need a little bit of relief from other memes, just Google sketchy Easter bunny. It's, it's great stuff. But there's one other thing that is definitely different this morning. A lot of times in the church world, when it comes to Easter, Man, months beforehand, we start prepping because I, I don't say this flippantly, and, and it, it's kind of got this mantra to it that this is like the Super Bowl of church. Uh, when it comes to Easter, that's the big day. That's when we see more people, and so we try and be diligent. We try and be creative. We think through that process. We think through, hey, how, do we, how are we more welcoming, and what can we do that a lot of times is entertaining in some ways. And like a lot of churches, especially in evangelical America, They blow it out, and it's this big thing, but sometimes we miss out on the most important thing. Years ago, I got done with the service, the church that I was working at, and Monday morning, we were having a staff meeting, and someone said, so what did y'all think of yesterday? And a buddy of mine, who's usually not the most outspoken person, said, it was great. Everyone, it felt like everyone was there except Jesus. And if we're not careful, that's, that's what we do with today. We think of all these other things, and we, we plan, and we make sure everything is right, but we miss out on the most important thing. Today is actually a really good reminder, the most important thing, the reason that we are here today, gathered in homes and doing service online and celebrating, is the fact that he is risen. That has not changed. Nothing can change that. Everything else around our world seems very different, but today, the one constant, the one thing that we can't miss out on, the one thing that we have to celebrate, it is all about He is risen. Death could not hold Him down. Sin could not defeat Him. He is risen. Thousands of years ago, people went to a tomb expecting to see a large stone in front of it, expecting to see a dead body, and that was not the scene. He is risen. And so this morning, I want to I want to look at that first Easter, and I want us to take away a couple of things from it. We're going to be in the book of John. We're going to be in John chapter 20. You'll be able to follow along. I'm going to be reading a good bit today, and so just kind of follow along as best you can. And uh, just know I I love the book of John. And in John chapter 20, in verse 19, it says this. On the evening of that day, 
the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood with them, and he said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So, day one, the first Easter in many ways, it kind of looks like today. Today maybe looks like the first Easter more than in history. I mean, here you've got the disciples, it says, on the day they were locked behind doors. And so day one, for these guys, there's some fear. A lot of you have probably experienced fear in one way or another as we've walked through kind of this quarantine time. For them, there was a legit fear. It says they were gathered in this house. They had, they had fear of, you know, their own personal safety. They had fear of retaliation. Like they had just watched days before Jesus be brutally murdered. Crucifixion is a horrific thing. The trial that he went through before that was absolutely horrific. And they had seen that. And they thought, man, if they do that to Jesus, what, what are they going to do to us? Like they, they knew that was, his, like that was the price that he had paid. He had been executed. And they knew full well, look, those people know who we are. They've seen us walking around with them. They recognize our faces. And we don't know what's next. We don't know if, they're gonna, if this is going to turn into a mob mentality, and then they're going to come after us, and then they're going to come after other followers. They're going to come after our family. These guys were in absolute fear, and so they, they huddled together. They locked the door. They found themselves in isolation. Like, their families weren't there. They weren't gathered around their friends. Like, they were afraid. They were isolated. They had this feeling of loss. Like, Jesus was gone. Jesus, who had led them for three years in ministry. Jesus, who they had listened to preach amazing, amazing words. They're thinking back to the Sermon on the Mount and everything they had, he had taught. They're thinking back to sitting around campfires at night, listening to the words of the Savior. They're thinking back to all the miracles that he had done. They're thinking back to all the direction he had given to their lives. They had fully devoted themselves to Jesus, and now he was gone. So they, they didn't have a leader they didn't know what was next. And yet, in the midst of all of that, when all seems lost, Jesus brings peace. I love his first words when he just kind of pops into the room. He says, peace be with you. Now, I'm glad he let off with that because let's think about this scene for a second. All of that fear, all of that, you know, they're probably anxious. They're, they're hearing things. They've got the door locked. And then suddenly, poof, Jesus is there. Peace be with you. Um, I like to think that if I was at home with my family and we knew the doors were locked and suddenly there was someone in my house, I like to think that I would spring into action, be a man, defend my family, go for a weapon, do whatever. But if you just suddenly have someone appear in front of you, like that probably ramped the fear up a little bit more. But he says to them, peace be with you. Jesus understood the situation. Jesus understood all the feelings that they were having, all the angst and, and the worry and the concern, and he, he brought order back to that situation. He said, peace be with you. He kind of restored a little bit of normal to them. And for the, uh, if, like, if, if your life feels like that right now, like if it seems like everything is changing way too quickly, if it feels like, man, I've already lost some stuff, if it feels like there's a lot of uncertainty, here, here's my prayer for you this morning, that Jesus' words would just pour over you right now. Peace be with you. 
in the midst of all the crazy, in the midst of things that are going on. Let the Savior's words, peace be with you, pour over you. And here's why these words were also so important. For the first time, they had a new meaning. Jesus could say, peace be with you. He could say, peace, not just in the external, but deep down spiritually, peace be with you, because peace was possible for the first time. Peace was made possible through his death and resurrection. And so peace brings this whole new meaning. It has this whole new purpose. You can have peace, and you can have it not just in the crazy of external, but deep within your soul. As Ecclesiastes says, that God, God put eternity in man's heart. Like There's this longing, this searching, trying to find something that's going to fill that. And we try it in a lot of different ways. And we, we try and, and seek it through pleasure. And we try and seek it through another person. We try and seek it through fame or money or finances or any of those things. But it still seems like, man, there, there's just not peace deep in my soul. It's now possible. And Jesus, because of his re- resurrection, because he is risen, He's made peace possible for the disciples, and he made peace possible for every person here on out. So 2,000 years later, those words ring true to us as well, that we can have a peace externally, and we can have a peace spiritually in our soul. And then you look, he says, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending you. So Jesus' peace brings a purpose to their lives. He says, hey, the Father sent me to you, and now you have been equipped, and soon you will go out, and you will impact the world dramatically. He gives them a mission. He tells them, hey, the Holy Spirit is coming. and says he breathed on them. Right now, everyone would freak out. Jesus, don't do that. But no, it's okay, because the Spirit was going to fall on them shortly thereafter. And man, their lives were dramatically changed. And the reason is because they had encountered the risen Savior. They encountered the risen Savior. And when we do that, it begs the question, what does an encounter with the risen Savior do? Because we, we encounter him a little differently today. Like we, we weren't there in that room. We weren't there with him in the days that he was uh, alive on earth after his crucifixion. We encounter him through the Holy Spirit. But what does it look like when you and I, because I would say, yes, I have definitely encountered the risen Christ. Like, that's why I celebrate today. That's why I get so excited that today is the day that we celebrate our risen Savior. What does an encounter with him look like? Here's a couple things I want to give you. Here's the first one. An encounter with the risen Savior, it casts out doubt. An encounter with the risen Savior casts out doubt. Look in the verses just after that in John chapter 20. Look in verse 24. It says, Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him. They, they immediately do what they were told to do. They, they tell him. And he said, uh, uh, So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and I place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again, uh, were inside again with Thomas with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. 
And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Thomas has his doubts. He wasn't there whenever Jesus appeared the first time. That's why I would give him the name Doubting Thomas. Don't be a Doubting Thomas. He makes this bold statement, which is kind of strange to me. Um, unless I can place my hand in his side and place my hand where they place the nails, like I, I'm not believing, which he'd seen all these other things, and yet still he had this doubt of, okay, I haven't seen it with my own eyes, so Jesus can't be back. And Thomas had doubts, and the reality is, a lot of times we let doubt creep into our life as well. We wonder, can, God, can, can Jesus really forgive me? Like, I've, I've seen some things and done some stuff. Like, can he really forgive the things that I've done? Because some of them seem beyond forgiveness because I don't want to forgive myself. And we ask the question, can he forgive me? We ask the question, can, can Jesus get me through this? Like, I'm going through a time of loss. Is Jesus enough to bring me through this time of loss? And I, I just don't know if he is because I have this fear and I have this angst in my life. Or maybe it's an, an issue of worry or anxiety. Is, is Jesus enough to handle this situation? And we have this doubt that kind of creeps in, and we wonder, is he enough for this? Is he enough to help heal my marriage? Is he enough to help my kids through different times? Is he enough to help me with my job loss? Is he enough to on and on? Jesus knew Thomas' specific doubt. And so he comes in and he addresses him. Thomas, hey, you come here. I know what you said. And again, I, I love that Jesus just pops into the room. This is what he does now. And he addresses Thomas immediately and says, hey, I, kn I know what your doubt is. I know the specific doubt that you have. And let me put that doubt to rest. Let me cast that out. Look at my hands. Look at my side. It's me. And man, Thomas, in that moment, it's everything the disciples had experienced eight days before, man, he's now on board. It's like, my God, Mrs. Jesus, he's here, he's risen. He has this encounter with him, and it changed him. And Jesus knows the specific doubts that happen in your life as well. Like, if he can be specific with Thomas, he can be specific with us as well. And so whatever it is that has kind of creeped into your life, maybe, Maybe you haven't really been walking as much, and so doubt and a little bit of fear kind of creep in there. Jesus knows specifically what that is, and he can cast and push that out of your life if we trust him, if we encounter him, if we follow him, if we love and celebrate him. And so here's what happens. When we know the risen Savior, our doubts are met with truth. All that doubt kind of gets pushed away, and the truth of who Jesus Christ is begins to invade and push all of that aside. And that truth is bigger. We find that truth scattered throughout Scripture. That's why I love the Word, and I would encourage this, man. I, I said this weeks ago, don't miss out on this time. Pour yourself into Scripture, because what you will find is truth after truth after truth that push and push and push doubt away. And so in those times where we go, man, can, can God really love me? Can he really forgive me? Does Jesus truly forgive everyone when we call on his name. Yeah, it's because scripture, scripture would say there is no condemnation for those in Christ. Man, I'm, I'm struggling with, like, with my marriage right now. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. He poured that truth in. He poured that out on the church. Is he coming back? We see that truth. Is he, is he, is he our Savior? We see that truth. We see it over and over again. When we encounter the risen Savior, all of our doubt gets cast away and it's replaced with truth that we stand on, that we build our foundation upon, 
And the truth is that Jesus Christ is our risen Savior. The truth is that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. So an encounter with the risen Savior, it casts out doubt. Another thing that it does, an encounter with the risen Savior makes messengers out of mourners. So look back a little bit in John chapter 20. We're going to look in verse 14. It says this, Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, uh, but she did not know uh, that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said uh, to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and she said to him in Aramaic, Rabbi, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending, uh, I am ascending to the Father. Uh, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. So Mary finds herself in a place of loss. She's mourning, and rightfully so. There's, mourning is a natural thing. The Bible talks about there's a There's a time for that. Mary, who had been dramatically changed by Jesus, who knew him, who, who loved him as a Savior, like she was there at his crucifixion. She watched his last breath. She heard his last words. And she knew that he was laid in this tomb, and she, she was going to, to pay respects, to prepare his body. And so she's a, she's a mourner. And right now we know that we've got a number of people, maybe you watching right now or you know someone, they're kind of in a time of mourning right now. We have people that this is their first Easter without someone that was special to them. Now, and that's, that's hard. We, we celebrate every holiday, but holidays also have that element that comes to them. And so we've got people that are mourning through that. I shared weeks ago before we kind of had to go online that I was making a trip to DFW and I was going to say goodbye to someone. And uh, I got to make that trip. I was really excited about it and was very encouraged. And uh, about a week ago, she passed away. And best Easter of her life, I know that. Um, I know she's celebrating. Um, she sees Jesus and she knows that she's fully known. And that's tough. It's hard on a family. It's hard for a family to have a funeral right now. And so we know there, there are people mourning loss. Um, there are people that are going, hey, I, I lost my job. And, and, and I'm kind of mourning that because I, I don't know what the next thing is. We've got teachers out there that love their students dearly, and they're not able to be around them right now, and that's, that's hard and that's tough. And yeah, we can get online and we can Zoom, but there's, we're learning a lot that there is an element of personal interaction that is important to us, and they're, they're feeling the loss and mourning that. And even right now, it's, it's Easter Sunday. I don't have Don Sawyer jumping over here. Don, if you're at your house, jump right now. But, like, we get so excited and we worship together, and, and that's, that's not there right now. And yet, when we encounter Jesus, when we encounter the risen Savior, he takes that feeling of mourning and he replaces it with who he is. And so, yes, today we celebrate he is alive. We celebrate that he is risen and he gives us a new purpose. Mary entered that scene in a time of mourning. And the moment she realizes that's Jesus, like her whole countenance changes. She, she cries out, she runs to him, she clings to him. And he says, hey, I'm, I'm giving you a new purpose. I want you to go, Mary. I want you to be the messenger. You are going to, to lead out in sharing the gospel, Mary. 
You're going to take my good news. You're going to take it to the disciples. Go, tell them that I am alive. Like she is given this whole new purpose in life. She goes from a mourner to a messenger. And she runs and she shares the gospel for the first time. That he's risen. The good news is there. And that becomes our purpose today as well. Jesus looks at the disciples and says, hey, as, as, as God sent me, as the Father sent me, I'm going to send you. He tells Mary, hey, you tell them my Father, their Father, my God, their God. He brings us into this. And so we go from the sense of mourning that we had a few days ago as, as the week kind of leads up in Easter. We go from that time of mourning to a time of celebration. And we follow out on this. Our Savior isn't dead. Our Savior is risen. And we celebrate that today. We proclaim that. We cry that out over and over and over again. Anyone on social media today is going to know he is risen. Now, it may mean something different to them, but it's also our opportunity to take that message, to take it from a time of mourning and to be messengers to a world that desperately, desperately needs a purpose of hope. And we have the opportunity to share that. We're learning. We have the opportunity to share that in a number of amazing ways. And we have that same, not obligation, opportunity. One that we should be excited about to be able to share with our friends and family. Yes, there is a Savior. Yes, he loves you. Yes, he laid down his life, but death couldn't hold him down. And because of his resurrection, because of his defeat of sin, you can have a new life. We have that same opportunity to be the messenger because that's ultimately what this is about. An encounter with the risen Savior leads to new life. When you encounter the risen Savior, it leads to new life. That's why he wraps up chapter 20. John writes this. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these were written... Why do we have all this? But these were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That name is what we celebrate today. That name is the reason that we, even in our homes, cry out and worship and praise the name of Jesus. He is risen. All of this was written so that 500 years later, a thousand years later, two thousand years later, and until he comes back, this rings true. This was written so that we would know Jesus. And in knowing him, we would be made into a new creation. Our old self, our old life can be pushed away and buried, and we can be made into a new creation. It was written so that we could experience the risen Savior and have new life. And many of us, we celebrate that today. That's, that's why we got up this morning and made our coffee and turned on our computer to join in and, and say hello and be encouraged. But some of you, this may be the first time hearing that. Like every Easter is this big celebration that Jesus is risen. And because of that, each and every one of you can have a new life. You can be made into a new creation. And it happens when you believe. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. Not just acknowledging that there was a historical figure named Jesus 2,000 years ago. That's very, not many people even argue against that. Knowing more than just a historical figure. Knowing that that wasn't just a man, it was also God. 
And he came to this earth in absolute humility. He lived a sinless life. For several years, he went about the countryside and into cities, into synagogues, and he, he talked about the kingdom of God. He talked about his father. He taught a new covenant was coming. And it began the moment where he laid down his life on the cross. He went to a cross. He was crucified to become the ultimate sacrifice to pay for the penalty of sin. The reality is every one of us are sinful people. We know that. No one really argues that. But it's acknowledging that, hey, I know I am a sinful person. And that sin, it just runs into God's holiness and it can't be there. So how is it paid for? Through the death of Jesus Christ. When he laid down his life, his blood covered that. And he invites us into a relationship with him. And so if you're sitting there today and you feel Christ calling you, like the Holy Spirit saying, this is what you need. This is the thing that is missing in your heart. This is the thing you've been longing for, trying to find. It's Jesus. How does that begin? Believing in his name. Saying, hey, I know I'm a sinful person. I want to turn away from that, and I want to turn to Christ, and I want to follow him. And so if you're watching today and you've never done that, right now, ask Christ into your life. Say, I want to be a follower of Christ. And we want to celebrate that. We talk about the connect card thing. Please go on there. If you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm beginning a relationship with Christ today, we want to walk with you through that. We want to talk with you about what the next step is and discipleship and growing in that relationship. It's this ever-growing, ever-increasing thing, and it's beautiful. And so I invite you, if that was you today, by all means, fill one of those cards out. We want to celebrate it with you. And if you're there today and you go, man, I can look back in my life and I can think of the moment where I encountered the risen Savior, where I was made new, man, it's all the more reason to celebrate. Yeah, we may not be able to be together today physically, but that, that doesn't change who we are as the body. And hopefully pretty soon we're going to be able to meet back together I shared this morning, it's, it's not we're back. We were never gone. Like, we've continued to be the church to celebrate Christ, and we're going to continue to do that. Let's pray. God, we love you. And God, we proclaim today he is risen. We celebrate that. We worship that. God, we are thankful that he poured out his life, and we are thankful that you raised him from the dead. And God, if there is someone today that's just kind of wrestled through, I don't know where I'm at with Jesus, I pray the Holy Spirit would be all over them. That you would give them the faith to believe. To be made into a new creation. And God, as we celebrate today, I pray that we don't let today go by. Like we don't miss out on the fact that, yeah, this is a unique opportunity to celebrate your son. God, I pray for every family and individual out there, God, that today would be a sweet encouragement and reminder that even in the midst of everything, he is risen. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen.